Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What is a story without its characters? Well, for the most part, nothing, as they're the lifeblood of the narrative and the vessel we attach ourselves to. This is magnified when a sequel is on the books, and in today's landscape, that's normally always the case. Most stories have something out there for everyone, but bringing them to an end isn't always that simple. Sadly, though, characters don't always get the send-off they deserve, or they're shunned to one side for the sequel. Oh, and a special shout-out to Sam Fisher. Ubisoft, just leave him alone. If he's not going to have his own game, we don't need him shooting horns into everything. And with that being said, I'm Ben Roy from WhatCulture.com and this is 8 video game sequels that did characters dirty. Number 8, Kenny, The Walking Dead, A New Frontier. The Walking Dead has always had a reputation for killing characters off. This goes way back to the comics and doesn't change with the games, no matter how big or small their part or even if they're being controlled by the player. Literally nobody's ever safe. So jump all the way to The Walking Dead, A New Frontier and it comes to no shock that all the original characters are pretty much dead. And not only that, but A New Frontier only slightly continues Clementine's story and switches the perspective to Javier, which is most likely the reason that Kenny's fate is left to a flashback. There just wasn't time. Yep, that's right. After two full games, with pain, emotion and a strong build, this character is just killed off in a flashback and the player has no control. And it wasn't even easy to get Kenny here in the first place. Now that's not to say the writers made a bad call by killing him off, because he did take a dark, dark turn by the end of season two and half the players didn't even bring him along I guess. But in A New Frontier, he's just treated like an afterthought. This is a pivotal moment in Clementine's story and if they weren't going to give him the fate he deserved, he should have just died in season 2. Number 7, Lucas Grey, Hitman 3. For over 20 years the Hitman franchise hasn't really introduced new characters. It's been a two person show for the most part, as players control Agent 47 and get their assignments from Diana and this dynamic duo of death is pretty much all the franchise needed. Bar Alexander from Hitman Blood Money, who we all wanted to launch into orbit with those silver ballers. So when Lucas Grey was introduced into the mix in 2016, he was quite a compelling character, and it was a nice shake-up to the formula. We didn't really know what he was about until Hitman 2, and even then it still wasn't clear. Was he good? Was he bad? Whose side was he on? Was he going to betray 47, or be a pivotal part in the story? Well, in Hitman 3, he just dies in the woods, really. Yes, he does kind of point 47 in the right direction, but it's all kind of underwhelming. Grey does get a moment in the Dubai mission and has some sort of revenge, but he really just seems to be shunned out of this story and makes his death feel, well, empty. Number 6, Johnny Clebitz, Grand Theft Auto 5. Normally each entry in the GTA franchise nails the playable character, even Claude in GTA 3. Sure he's a mutant all, but it works. And ever since then, Rockstar have written great protagonists, which are loved by many, if not all. Well, that was until the Lost and the Damned DLC for GTA 4. But even then, honestly, some people enjoyed this 
story rather than Nico's. Now, if this were another franchise, you'd expect Johnny to have some sort of redemption arc, at least. Or play some sort of significant role in GTA 5. I mean, he doesn't show up for nothing. But nope, he's literally used as a plot device to get Trevor hated or loved by the player from the get-go. Poor Johnny was on a downturn thanks to Ashley and his involvement with Crystal Meth. And it seems that his addiction eventually led to his demise. So there's a lesson there, I guess. But when it's all said and done, the legacy of Johnny Klebitz will be, well, that guy that Trevor Kerb stomped in GTA 5. Number 5. Sergeant Johnson. Halo 3. Arguably one of the most memorable characters in Halo, Sergeant Johnson was pretty much the only human face we got to know in the early days of the franchise. Sure, we had the likes of Terrence Hood and a familiar face in Cortana, but Johnson represented humanity here, even if he was turned up to 11. Now, it's no secret that the Space Marines from Halo have an uncanny resemblance to those of Aliens, with Johnson being pretty much a copy of a pwn, but thankfully he excelled beyond a cheap knockoff and was the lifeblood of any mission he was in. So coming into Halo 3, we all expected him to play a grand role in finishing the fight, and this was the case for the likes of Master Chief and Arbiter. Though when it came to Johnson, he was done dirty. Johnson doesn't go out in a blaze of glory or get a warrior's death. He just gets done over by Guilty Spark. Looking at where Halo was for the longest time after this, that might have been the wrong choice. And maybe they should have kept him around. Number 4. Uka Uka. Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. The Crash Bandicoot franchise has no shortage of great villains to pick from. Not only is the cast colourful and unique, but they all have their different fresh perspective on a boss fight. And this was especially the case when it came to the first three Crash games from Naughty Dog. They all even ramped up as the game progressed, with Cortex capping off these games in grand fashion. And then when it came to Warp, this felt world-ending and climactic, as Cortex now had a terrifying mask of his own, Uka Uka, and this made perfect sense, as Aku Aku had been a much-needed lifeline for players throughout the entire Crash trilogy. It all really made this final fight mean something. But then fast forward to Crash 4, and Uka Uka had less to do than Polar. Now sure, this is sort of explained away as Entropy uses him, and basically casts him aside, but still, Uka Uka deserved better than a break in the Shadow Realm. If we ever get a Crash 5, he needs to come back. Number 3. Jill Valentine and Claire Redfield, Resident Evil 6 and Village. Now for an entry that's a bit different to the rest. Jill Valentine isn't in Resident Evil 6 or Village, and neither is Claire Redfield. In fact, for the most part, neither of them are mentioned. Claire might get a passing reference, but if that's the case, it's so quick it's passed me by. In fact, apart from the Resident Evil remakes, these two characters have fallen off the face of the earth since the Revelation series. Now, this isn't down to the two characters themselves, but more in terms of the quality of the mainline spin-offs being somewhat undercooked. All we really need to do is take a look at Resident Evil 6 and just see the missed opportunity here. When Chris was in a time of need, why was a new character constructed in a secondary role when we had these two iconic women here? Not only did he have a past of them, but they made sense. Especially as RE6 is kind of an endgame of Resident Evil, resetting things. It was right there for the taking and Capcom missed it, and instead included Pierce Nivens. Jill and Claire deserve better, and should be brought back for at least one more game. Just give Leon and Chris a break. Number 2. Joel Miller, The Last of Us Part 2 Poor Joel. He might have his heart set in the right place sometimes, but he's never going to win Father of the Year, even in the post 
post-apocalypse. Now the discourse surrounding this character and his actions will go on till the end of time, but when it comes to the second installment of Last of Us, well, he got done dirty. Much like Kenny from The Walking Dead, Joel is almost shoved out the door as soon as possible. Well, bashed out the door anyway. Now part two was always going to make Ellie the main protagonist. It just made sense. But all our scenes with Joel shouldn't have been restricted to flashbacks. In another game, this might have worked better, but with the already disjointed pacing, they've really brought the overall flow to a crawl, reminding players what they could have had. Basically, Joel should have had his head bashed in midway to the end of the game, and after such a long wait for part two, we just wanted a bit more time with him. Number one, Thane Krios, Mass Effect 3. The cast of Mass Effect 2 is all but flawless, this especially so when it comes to the companions. Shepard got a good deal out of this one. Bar the underwhelming DLC characters, of course, they're kind of just there. One of the more beloved characters from the second installment was Fane, a Drell assassin shrouded in mystery at first. But once he opens up, his backstory only gets more crushing. He was even deemed important enough to be on the box of Mass Effect 2 with Shepard and Miranda. That's a big deal. Slowly dying of a disease, he joins the suicide mission in Mass Effect 2, feeling that he's not got much to live for. And if he makes it out, for the most part, he'd be bedridden in Mass Effect 3. Now not every character deserves their moment of glory, and Fane does get a chance to help Shepard. But the sad part is this can all be missed, thanks to the messy UI of Mass Effect 3. So more than likely, this crushing end won't be seen by most. And when James Vega's on the team instead of Fane, it all just feels like a missed opportunity. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.